Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our midweek service. Um, it's great to be with you tonight. I hope you're doing well. If you are here for the first time and you're listening to us for the first time, just go ahead and click that connect button on your screen. We just want to connect with you. We're so glad you're here. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Pastor Tom Carano. I'm one of the campus pastors at the Bayville location, one of the assistant campus pastors there and the outreach director for the church. And Pastor had asked me to share tonight, and I'm really excited to uh, share what God has put on my heart. I'm looking forward to just sharing this message. But before we get started, on behalf of Pastor Joe, uh, the leadership here, our staff, we just want to say thank you so much for your faithful giving. It's been amazing how the giving is poured in at this time. We just thank you for a faithful com- uh, congregation. But I just wanted to remind you, you can give tonight at newbeginningsnj.org forward slash give, or you could just uh, click the uh, give tab on your screen. So we're going to get right into the message. Uh, the title of the message is The Greatest Message of All. And I, again, I'm super excited about sharing this message. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the parable of the prodigal son or the lost son. And I personally feel, in my personal opinion for me, this is one of the greatest stories ever told. But in this parable, without a doubt, it contains the greatest message of all. And we're going to look into that. I like to to pray before uh, I uh, get into the word. So let's just pray together. Let's uh, go before the Lord and just uh, bless this night, the next 30 minutes. Father, we thank you for this time, Lord God. We thank you for your Holy Spirit on the inside of us. We thank you that those watching can just put anything from the day or the week aside and just look to you, Father God. And Father, I thank you that you are a good father. You love us. You care for us. You watch over us, Lord God. You lead us and guide us. I give you my heart. And as I preach, I thank you that it's your words and not my words. I thank you that the Holy Spirit has free reign here today to do whatever he wants. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, now we know that uh, obviously the title of our message, as I said, was the greatest message of all. And we're going to be talking about the parable of the prodigal son. And as we know, a parable is basically a story that is, is fictitious, right? But it's designed to illustrate a spiritual point or something that actually really happened. So when Jesus told this parable, he was telling this parable, telling obviously a parable and a fictitious account, but but to prove a point that actually happened. And that's the most amazing thing. So the message that we're going to bring out in this parable is really the cornerstone of our lives. And it's really something that we should want to share with others, share share with those that don't know Christ. So we're going to talk a little bit about, but please, I understand, I know this, most of us have probably heard this parable hundreds of times in our lives, but I know God's going to do amazing things. Please don't shut down on me, Uh, connect with me, And really, let's go through this parable. It's going to be an awesome night. So our goal tonight is this. I always like to give us our goal. Our goal tonight is for us to gain a deeper understanding of the love of God for us personally as his children, which is going to create such an appreciation on our hearts that we're not going to be able to hold it back. We're not going to be able to share the message because when it's a true statement, I believe you can't give others something you don't have. And when we're overwhelmed with the love of the Father, when we're overwhelmed with the love of God, we naturally want to share that with others. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. 
Um, so we talked about it's the greatest message of all, right? In this world, we are bombarded with hundreds or thousands of messages every single day. Every single day we're bombarded with messages and those messages that we're bombarded with shape us, they shape how we think. And we're constantly being bombarded with images and messages that are really anti-God, but we need to look at this message and we need to have this message in our hearts and live this message and share this message. And it's the greatest message of all. If somebody gave me five minutes and they said, Pastor Tom, tell me what your God is like, or tell me what your father is like. Tell me what God is like. I would begin to tell him the story of the prodigal son. I love what, what Pastor Joe says. He says, it really should be named the story of the loving father. And I heard it named that before, but you see that this story has such a transforming power to it. So many amazing principles that can change our lives. So we're going to walk through it and we're going to break it down little by little. And we're actually going to see the gospel message in it. But simply put, this is a story of the love of God for his children. It's a story of the love of God for his children that God isn't counting our sins against us. And is that not good news? We hear so much bad news right now. Is that not good news to people, to us, and also people in the world that God is not counting our sins against and the message of reconciliation. And to me, this is the story that we tell. This is the story that we live. And we could never learn enough about love. Me personally, one of my favorite subjects to study, one of my most studied subjects of my entire 25-year Christian walk is the subject of love. And I came across a scripture I want to set the stage with, that years back, I came across a scripture in Philippians 1, 9 through 10. And it says this, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. So when we look at that scripture, right? Let's look at that scripture. We know the, whole, the, the, the love of God has been poured, uh, shed abroad or poured in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that he's given us, right? And that is true. And we need to take that love and we have that love to bring to others in our hearts. But when I saw that scripture, it made me realize that we could actually grow in love and love is inexhaustible. So we could never learn enough about love. So that's what we're gonna do tonight. We're gonna go deeper into the love of God and the love of God never fails. It changes us. And we're gonna see a depth of God's love or a piece of God's love that maybe you've never seen before or you've heard before and you're gonna go deeper in that. But also it goes on to say, so that what? You may be able to discern what is best you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. And we, when I see that, there's a direct correlation between love and how we see things. When you are not walking in love or we are not walking in love, we can't see things properly. But as believers, we need to start seeing God, ourselves and others in the light of the message in this parable. So as we walk through it, here's the question I want us to ask ourselves. Let's ask ourselves this question. Do I see myself, God, and others in the light of the message in this parable? That's what we want to look at. So let's set the stage. Jesus is telling the story, and I love, I love this part right here because Jesus is talking in front of tax collectors, which are considered some of the filthiest people in that time, Pharisees, people who knew the Bible inside and out, but Jesus constantly rebuked them for hard hearts or those that 
live by the letter of the law and we should do this and rules and regulations, but they neglected mercy. They neglected grace, right? They neglected love, but yet they had all the, the, the religious things down. So it's in front of tax collectors, some of the, um, you know, filthiest or, or pe- pe- uh, a group of people that people judge for maybe being cunning and crafty. But also here's the key. Jesus told this story in front of sinners. And he tells three stories He tells the story of the lost sheep. He tells the story of the lost coin. And he tells the story, which is the longest one and which I feel the most impacting one. He tells the story of the lost son. But he tells this to a mixed group of people. And he tells this parable, listen to this. He tells this parable in response to this. And and folks, we need to get this church. We need to get this down. It says in Luke 15, one through two, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. Now the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, listen to this, the Pharisees, people who know the word inside and out and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So they're here muttering because Jesus is eating with sinners. And it's so important that we understand that We remember where we came from. We don't want to live in our past, right? We're free from our past. God has set us free. We don't want to live in our past. We don't want to bring up old wounds and old hurts and live in our past. But I'm going to tell you this, and we're going to do that tonight. It is so important for us as believers to never forget where we came from and never lose the joy of salvation. I'm speaking from my heart right now. I'm speaking to myself just as much as I'm speaking to you, right? I always say we, because I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to me. We all walk this out together. I just happen, God has put me up here to share a message and I'm happy about that and I love it, but we're all walking through the same things, right? And here's the one thing I know in the midst of all the craziness today and in the midst of all the things we have to do, all the technical details and this and that, all the things we have to do to take care of our kids and our families, sometimes it's so easy to lose the joy of our salvation. I know what you're saying, not me, not me, Pastor Tom, only you, but no, let's face it, it's all of us, right? So we could easily lose the joy of our salvation. So tonight, we want to rekindle in our hearts. We want to have such an appreciation for the love that God has for us. So we're going to dig right into this scripture, Luke 15, 11 through 32. Let's, uh, it is in the New King James Version, if you have your Bibles or your Bible apps in front of you. So here's 11. So then he said, this is Jesus, a certain man had two sons. That's what I would start telling somebody if they said, what is my father like? What is God like? I'd start saying, well, there was a certain man that had two sons. So he had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided them to his livelihood. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far off country, that's a key, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. There's accounts that he was living with harlots and things like that. But listen to this. When he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. And he would gladly have filled the stomach with the pods that the swine ate, but no one gave him anything. Let me stop right there. So this father worked all his life to give this son a great living. And it was very disrespectful in that custom. He's basically saying, I want to wait. I want my cut before you die. 
So he's asking his father and father, he gave it to him. And now this son takes what his father worked. It's not $5, it's not 10, it's a lot of money. His father's blood, sweat and tears. And he went and he wasted everything on wild living. And here's, it's his son and he's saying, hey, I could do better. I think I could do better without the father. I think I could do better on my own. But he had everything he needed. And let's pick up in verse 17. So he's living, uh, one more thing, he's living in a Jewish custom, he's feeding the pigs. He's at the lowest of the low. And I just wanna say this to you, no matter, I don't know who's uh, listening tonight. I know many people listen to this, maybe people to go to our church or people don't. I don't know where you are, but you're never too far away from God. Never, ever, ever too far away to come back. And Jesus is telling us that story. And now it says he came to his senses. It says when he came to himself in verse 17, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? I will arise, he got courage, and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So in a sense, he came to his senses, but not truly because he was going, he didn't really know his father Truly, he was going back with the expectation, okay, I'm gonna be penalized for this. I'm only a servant, I'm not a son. And it says, but think about this. We gotta put ourselves in this story. I remember in high school when I used to get in trouble and one of my teachers was gonna call school or you had a bad grade, your stomach was in knots for just a bad grade to go tell your parents, how many have been there? I know I've been there. In high school, I did some things I shouldn't have did. Thank God I wasn't a believer. But go and think about that feeling of just having a bad grade or your teacher's gonna call your mom or dad when you're younger and tell you, what, you know, talk to you and they need to talk to your parents about something. Here, this person wasted all of his father's, um, what he worked for, his, the inheritance that father gave him, and he's going back. He said, I'll rise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Even before he get, all, get out the last part, his father said, but the father said to his servants, listen to this, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the, cat, the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they begin to be married. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know about many parents who would throw a party after a kid just use the whole inheritance, right? But it goes on to the end of the story, and it said, it was right that we should make Mary and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again, and he was lost and is found. And he's saying that to the older brother. So let's look at a few glaring lessons that we can learn from the prodigal son. And this is one of my favorite. The lost son was always viewed as a son in God's eyes. He was in a distant country. He was far away living like a slave, but never, ever, ever did the father stop seeing him as the son. The older brother was with the father. He was always with him. 
In that father's eyes, the son who left was just as much of a son as the one who was with him that whole time. He never stopped seeing him as a son. And I want you to know today, no matter where you are, God calls you a son or a daughter. And I know the first time God ever spoke to me where I heard his voice, he called me my son. And I always tell the story to this day, my own father. Whenever he says goodnight to me, he doesn't say my name. He says, good night, son. And he says it with such, such um, emphasis and such love. It's like it's coming straight from the father's heart. But you know what? Maybe you don't have a relationship with your father like I do. Or maybe you didn't but you have a heavenly father that loves you. We have a heavenly father that calls us son and sees us as sons, no matter where we go, no matter what country or or that far, that distant country, no matter how far away he sees us as his son. And the parent-child relationship is one of the most powerful relationships that ever existed. It was really the first relationship is God and man. And then the next one is, is, is husband and wife, which is a type and shadow of, of our relationship with God. So God always saw him as son. The next thing is, and this is awesome, and this is where we need to live our lives this way toward God, towards ourselves, and towards others. The father didn't ask any questions. All the father cared about was the heart of the matter. He said this, my son was lost and now he's found. I don't care why, how, when, how much, when he left, when all I care about is my son who is lost is now found. And in this day and age, we're caught up in so many little petty things that don't even matter. All that really matters is when this is all said and done, are we in Christ? Oh, we, 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 are we in a relationship with Christ? Because at the end of it all, that's the only thing that really truly matters. Yeah, we need to live our lives a certain way. We want to be blessed on this earth. But when all Jesus left here, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, preach the good news. And that's why we were left here. So when it's all said and done, what re- what's the heart of the matter? All the father cares about is my son was was lost and now he's found. And Jesus told this story in front of people who murmured and complained and says, this man eats with sinners. This man eats with with filthy people. They were murmuring about little petty things. But all Jesus is saying, he's trying to get it into their hearts. He's trying to get it into the hearts of the religious people, the tax collectors, the sinners, that all that matters is my son was lost and now he's found. I want to be in relationship with you. That's all that matters. And, and the third is the father was watching, waiting, and he ran. He wanted to be the first one to get to the son. He wanted to get to the son first, and we're going to talk more about that. But the father was watching and waiting for his son to come home. You don't think the father just forgot about him. He was probably thinking, is he coming home today? Is today the day? that my son is coming home. And I remember there's a song by uh, Denny Hester. Look it up. It's Phillips Craig and Dean Center. And it said, the only time I ever saw God run. And it's so powerful because what that means is we have a God who is not afraid of anything. We have a God who tells us to stand. But he said, the only time that I ever saw God run is when he ran to me. And it's amazing to think 
That's the father we have that's always going to get us home, that cares about our state and what it means to be lost. The other day I was walking through the, uh, the warehouse and, and there's, a, a, there's a light that you could turn the corner and the light goes on. It's one of those sen- light sensors. But for some reason, there was a piece that didn't have any lights. And I remember it got so dark and, I, and I'm not afraid of the dark, don't worry. But um, I, uh, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm, I just closed my eyes and I sat there in this deep, and I opened my eyes and there was no difference. And I was like walking and I couldn't find my way And I was thinking about it. That's what it means to be lost or that's what it means to be in outer darkness when it talks about, um, you know, what what being apart from the Father is and being in in hell would be. And that's really, that really, when I started thinking about that, I'm like, man, this is what it's like. You can't see anything in front of you. And that's what it means like to be lost. That's the state of being lost. And um, I was just talking to Jay Clayton about this. He had brought this person up and I was like, oh, wow, I'm actually talking about him in my message. Um, everybody knows Rob, Robbie Zacharias. He preached the gospel for 48 years and he's a general and a giant in the faith, a mighty man of God who, who we love. He passed away May 19th. And I, I watched a, uh, a show on TBN about, I believe it was called My Dad, and he had, they had the daughter and the son, Naomi, and her brother. And she told the story about her dad, about how da- her dad was her hero. And she said, as teenagers, she was, she's 42 years old now, and she says, as teenagers, her dad would always pull over on the side of the road if, if they were driving and he was in front. And they were going somewhere and they get cut off by traffic, or got cut off by something. And her dad would always pull over to the side of the road and wait for him, which I just think is awesome. And she said about three months before he died, so I guess if he passed, passed away in May, a few months before that, three months before that, she said they had went out to a Mexican restaurant. And keep in mind, she's 42 now. And she said they lost, her dad lost, got, they got lost and separated from her dad in traffic. And he pulled over to the side of the road and waited for them. And she, she said she kind of just chuckled. But then she said she was reminded of all the times that her dad did that for them. And she said, because my dad was in it with us and he was always going to make sure that we found our way home and we were always going to get home safely. He was in it with us and we were never going to do this life alone. And when I heard that story, I mean, I still, I, I seen it maybe that interview three times and I still cry every time I hear it because the way she talked about her dad and to think about that, that man of God and how he was. And to think about the parent-child relationship, even when our, our children get older, we still love them. And we're, as a parent, we wanna protect them and we wanna guide them safely home. And finally, the last point I wanna end with is this story is the gospel message. It truly is the greatest message of all. So in this story, we picked out some amazing things, but I'm gonna pull out the gospel message, right? So in 2 Corinthians 5.14, it says, it, it talks about the old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So that's verse 17 and 18. But in verse 19 of 2 Corinthians 5, it says that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. 
So God is not counting anybody's sins against them. He's not mad at anybody. And that is good news. That's a message that should just take us and change us and overwhelm our hearts to the point where we can't hold it back. We have to tell somebody. This is the story that we live. This is the story that we tell. That person in that story, I don't care if you were um, a person who lived a wild and crazy life or you were just a really good person who realized, oh, wow, I need God. And you were generally a good person, but you, you, know, you realized you needed a savior. It doesn't matter where we were or are in life. We were all that prodigal son. And we were all at one point lost and now we're found. This is a story that every human being that ever lived can tell. And in 1 Peter 4, 7, it says, the end of all things is near. Be alert and sober-minded so you can pray. And it says this, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. In the Amplified, it says, above all things, have intense and unfailing love for one another. For love covers a multitude of sins, forgives and disregards the offenses of others. We need folks to see ourselves, or see ourselves, God, and others through the power, through the message in this parable. So the gospel message is simply this: God is not counting man's sins against him. That's it in a nutshell. That's the good news of the gospel. But to take it a little deeper, and you could take what I'm gonna share, and you could go share this with someone else. You could share your story with someone else. You could share the gospel message with someone else. God's original plan, we were created in the image of God and had a secure relationship with him, free from fear, shame, and insecurity. In Genesis 1.17, it says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. The son, the prodigal son, the lost son, had everything he ever wanted. He had it made with his dad. That's, that is a type and shadow of us in the Garden of Eden. That's a type and shadow of us. When God originally created us, we had everything we ever wanted in that garden. So that's God's original plan. That was intent. Or his intent was, wasn't for us to ever die. But here's the problem. So it's God's plan, his original plan. The second part of the gospel message is sin. Sin caused a missing relationship with God. That was a problem. Romans 5.19, by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many were made righteous. And we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If we were in that garden, when God said to Adam, you have everything you want, you could eat of everything, but don't eat of that tree. When Adam ate of that tree, sin came into the world and death came into the world. And the wages of sin is death. But man, here's the good news. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. That son went off to a distant country. He paid the price for his wild living. Apart from God, Nothing will satisfy him. He lived as a slave, even though God always saw him as a son. So we have, the, we have the problem, but here's the solution is the cross. God loved us so much. He sent Jesus to die to pay the penalty for our sin. He sent Jesus to die to pay the penalty for our sin on the cross and also to bring us back into relationship with the Father. And Jesus, when he walked this earth, was an exact representation of the Father. He said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. John 3, 16, we see it at football games. We see it all over. It's an amazing scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son 
that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And I believe this with all my heart, with all my heart, that we see the gospel message in the prodigal son. It was a Jewish custom. It was shameful for a father to run. And that Jewish man, he lifted up his robe and he ran to that son. And he was, it was shameful in front of everybody. He put himself out there in in public shame, even embarrassment to go run after his son. And it's the type and shadow, I believe, of the Father God sending Jesus Jesus Christ to be humiliated publicly and be disgraced, to die on the cross, to bring us back into relationship with the Father. It's, it's, It's the most amazing thing. And finally, we see the son came to his senses, right? He came to his senses, And here's all we need to do. The great thing about the gospel, I don't care how good you are. I don't care how bad you are. The solution, the cross, I call it the great equalizer. Everybody has to come through the cross to come into relationship with God. Jesus said, I'm the truth, I'm the way and the life and no man comes to the father, but through me. It's through Jesus Christ that we can come into relationship with the father and Jesus only. The cross is the great equalizer. It doesn't matter how much money we have, how good looking we are, how talented we are. It doesn't matter the cross. We all have to go through the cross. And Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And here's the great thing for all of us. And we want to be, today, remember, first, we want to be restored to the joy of our salvation, coming back to our first love, falling in love with Jesus all over again. When we fall in love with Jesus like never before, we want to naturally share this message with others. It should be a message that burns in our hearts because there's a lot of messages out there, but we have the, the transforming message, the greatest message of all, the message of the gospel. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for the Jew, for the Gentile, for everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord. And it says in John 1, 12, one of my favorite scriptures, but as many as received him, he gave as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. That son came to his senses and he responded. And listen to this. This is the most amazing thing. When the son came back home, he got some gifts and the father threw a party. See, there's one thread when Jesus I'm going back to it. He was talking to those Pharisees, the tax collectors, the sinners. He told the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and the parable of the lost son. And all three things have something in common. They were lost, precious things that got found. And when they got found, they, there was rejoicing. There was a celebration. There was a party. Why? Because it's amazing. And every day of our lives, we should just be so thankful for the love of God. There's, I'm not going to do this justice, but I'm going to do it anyway. There's a, a comedian out there who has a, a video about um, everything's amazing, but nobody's happy. And he always jokes around about everybody on every plane should be like, oh my God, oh my God, this is amazing. But it's so true. Like I didn't do it justice. So he does it better, but it's so true. It's like, you're, you're, he's like, you're sitting in a chair in the sky. You should be amazed. It's a miracle of flight. But it's the same way with salvation, right? It's the same way with salvation. Everybody, we should be so thankful every single day of our lives for salvation. And here's the great thing about it. The robe, he put the robe on, which is righteousness and protection. The ring, which is authority, identity, and never-ending love. And the sandals, which 
represented his sonship. Slaves did not wear sandals. I read they didn't wear sandals because they were afraid they were going to run away. But he got, he didn't get penalized. This person squandered his father's, all of his wealth, all of his inheritance, and the father still threw him a party and restored him back to where he was before. And that's what Jesus did to us. So I thank you so much for, for allowing me to share. I just want to end here. For those who are in daily fellowship with God, we're walking with God every day. Um, we're, not, we're never going to get it right. I just want to encourage us to go deeper in our relationship with God. Let this message burn in our hearts, but also let's share it with others. But the other two groups I want to talk to, if you're here and you have received Christ, but you feel like you walked away or you never received Christ and you're like, you know what, Pastor Tom, this makes sense to me. I want to come into that relationship with Christ. I want to be a new person. It says, Jesus, I already shared the gospel message. I don't need to share it. I just need to, we're at, we're at the point number four, your response. It's a gift. See that son didn't earn, did that son earn that ring? No way. Did he earn that, that um, robe? No way. Did he earn that, those sandals? No way, but he was given it because it was a gift. Coming into relationship with God cannot be earned. So if you wanna become a child of God tonight, or if you walked away and you wanna come back to him tonight, pray this prayer with me, recommit your life, or if you're committing your life for the first time, repeat this prayer after me, but from your heart, it's not about a prayer, it's about a relationship with God. Just say, Father God, I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again for me. I believe that he's the son of God. I believe that I'm forgiven. Today, I ask for forgiveness of my sins, past, present, and future. Today, make me a child of God. I thank you that your Holy Spirit now lives inside of me. I thank you. I'm a new person. I'm a child of God. I'm in a relationship with him. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for allowing me to share this time with you. It was such a blessing. I just want to encourage you to, again, walk out this message, get excited about this message, walk in the love of God because it's time to love, it's time to walk in that. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time, let us know. It's so important for you to get hooked up in a church, get yourself a Bible. You're gonna talk to God just like I'm talking to you right now. You pray, talk, again, talk to God. It's important to get around Christian friends, get around people who believe like you. And it's also important to go tell somebody what you did. I don't care how early it is, go tell somebody what you did today. I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. Have a good night and I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.